So, Leslie, did you know that the typical household spends 1500 bucks a year on energy bills? And if you're writing checks this weekend, you sure do know. But Uncle Sam can help you shave up to 450 bucks off your energy costs. So gather up your energy bills and hit MoneyPit.com. Click on Ideas and Tips, then click Estimators and Calculators, and use the Energy Star Home Energy Yardstick to save some bucks on your house. And for answers to any home improvement or home repair questions, give us a call right now, 888-MONEY-PIT. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit, money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit, money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home, I call it. Coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Don't look now, but your home improvement projects just got easier. Call us for the answer to your home improvement question to let us help solve those do-it-yourself dilemmas. If you have ever nailed your work glove to a project, we won't complain. We won't embarrass you. We, we won't chide you. you because we've probably done it ourselves. <laughs> and then we'll tell you exactly how we did it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Call us one eight 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 Money Pit eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. What are you doing? What are you working on? Calling this show is the difference between a grounded outlet and an embarrassing trip to the emergency room, okay? So pick up the phone right now and call us 1-888-MONEYPIT because we've got some great advice for you coming up this hour. We're going to talk about cleaning your kitchen, a special part of your kitchen that if you don't do it, it can become very, very unsafe. You know, your stove's vent hood, it's there for every cooking adventure, but if it's greasy and dirty, it can be a very grimy, unsafe mess. We're going to show you how to fix it quickly and easily. Plus, you might be shocked to learn that one out of four homes is due for an electrical wiring upgrade. Well, is your home one of them? We're going to tell you how to find out. And October is Indoor Air Quality Month. Why? Because it's the time of year we start to seal ourselves into our homes for the winter. But doing so can actually trap the bad air inside with you. So we're going to give away a tool to help keep your indoor air clean all winter long. It's a big tool. Yeah, this is a huge prize. If you log on to moneypit.com, you can sign up to win the clear the air sweepstakes you will win an april air model 5000 electronic air cleaner and it's going to be installed for you that's huge and also this hour we're going to give to one lucky caller to one eight 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 money pit a brand spanking new faucet from peerless worth 65 bucks so let's get to those phones leslie robert in texas is updating his energy system what can we do for you i have a question down here in deep south texas we do not have the best uh quality water and I uh, would like to get some information about tankless water heaters. I'd, I'd like to install one at the house. want to get the pros and cons of this thing. Well, I don't think there's any cons of it, except for perhaps the cost. It is more expensive than a standard water heater, uh, as we call them the dumb water heaters, because they basically hold water, they heat water, and they do that 24-7, whether you need it or not. The nice thing about tankless water heaters, Robert, is that they are on-demand units so that they only heat the water you need when you need it. So they're not very wasteful. And that's why they're a little more complicated to build and a little more expensive. 
in terms of the installation, unless you're a pro, it's not a do-it-yourself job because there's a lot of things to consider. First of all, you have to size it right so you have enough hot water for the entire house. It has to be located safely, vented properly, and wired properly. So those are generally jobs that are best left up to the professional. But I don't really see a downside to having one. In fact, some of the models actually have what I think what, what I think is very cool, a remote control that actually tells you what the temperature of the water is on any one time and allows you to control it. So, for example, if you have a family with kids and you want to send Junior up to take a bath by himself, you can actually dial down the temperature, say, from standard 120 degrees down to 100 degrees so he can't possibly scald himself. And then after Junior's done, you could dial it back up to 110 or 120, wherever you like it. So there's a lot of advantages and not too many disadvantages. That's pretty good. That's good to know. Uh, is there? Or do you know if there are any uh, any replacement filters or anything of that nature? No, and there's no water heater to drain or anything of that nature. They need very little maintenance once they're installed. So I think it's all good stuff, Robert. Excellent. Well, I appreciate it, guys. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. And in New Jersey, listens to the Money Pit on WCTC. What can we do for you today? Uh, well, I was wondering uh, if I put an addition on on top of the garage. I live in a, my house is a uh, split level. Okay. Well, I was told that I could go up the top of, from the garage because the roof is, is at a peak at that area. And as opposed to the other side where it's coming down flat, you know, down flat, not at a peak anyway. What would be the uh, the cost of uh, what should I look at for the cost of putting that addition on there? Well, adding an addition where you're going on top of the existing single-story garage is, you know, going to be less expensive than if you were going out from the house and including a foundation. What you essentially are going to end up doing is removing all of the ceiling joists and all of the roof rafter framing and leaving just the walls of the garage. The first design challenge is how are you going to support that new floor system. You may need to run a girder through the garage to be able to do that. So that's probably the one design challenge. And then after that, it's simply a matter of adding floor joists and building it up from there. It's not a do-it-yourself project, but I will tell you that it's going to be less expensive than going out. If you had the option to go up or go out, you're going to spend less money going up than you would going out and adding to your house in that way. And you're going to add the same number of square feet. I would definitely take the least expensive option. And and you shouldn't have any problems with zoning because you're staying within the same footprint of the house. You're not extending anywhere and creating new foundations. So you shouldn't have any problems with zoning, but always check with your local zoning laws just to make sure. Things are cracking up for Eddie in Virginia by way of the foundation. What's going on? Tell us about it. Uh, basically, I have a crack in my foundation, um, especially from the top to the base of the uh the base of the foundation. Okay. And probably about, oh, I say about an inch at the top and then kind of comes together toward the bottom. Wow, that's a pretty big crack. Is it, uh, is this new? Do you think it's been always been this way? Any sense that it's uh, moving, Ed? No, it's not. Actually, my mom and I, we fixed it when 15 years ago when we first moved into the house. We passed it over the cement, you know, from like Home Depot and stuff like that. And right. It pretty much held up pretty well. There's no movement or anything, but last month when um, out in Virginia we got... A lot of rain. A lot of rain, actually. And pretty much I had a sump pump out there, too, which broke down that I didn't know about. So I'm not sure if it's this from the, the, the water that came in from the rain, if it's from the saturation 
or if it's from the crack in the foundation. Well, um, generally what happens when you have a lot of rain is the soil is getting wet around the foundation perimeter, and especially in the area of the footing. And so you think, think about this. When the yard is wet, you sink in it because it's muddy, right? Well, your house does the same thing. It doesn't have the same strength in terms of the, of the surface strength. It's not going to hold the foundation wall the same way when it's soaking, sopping wet. So you can get movement when the soil is that wet. The question is whether or not this is an active crack to the point where it needs some further reinforcement. You say you fixed it, but it sounds like you just patched it. You didn't structurally repair it. You just patched the, the crack so you didn't have to look at the hole in the wall. But you may need to do some structural repair to this if the thing continues to move. I would keep an eye on it. And if, and if you're not comfortable with, with it uh, and, and feel like it is continuing to move, I would get a professional home inspector to check it out for you and give an opinion as to whether or not you should have an engineer design a repair for it. Um, well, that's the thing, too. I've had a lot of uh, estimators come out, and they've given me all these different ideas about how to fix it. That's because you're probably talking to people that are in the repair business, and I'm telling you to talk to people that are in the design repair business. In other words, somebody that's going to be paid just to design the repair, like an architect or an engineer. If you call Not a contractor, somebody who's actually going to do the work themselves who will say, well, hey, this is what you should do to fix it, and I happen to be that person. Right. There's two questions. Number one, does it need to be fixed? Number two, how should it be fixed? So if you hire an engineer and they come out and they say, yeah, it has to be fixed, and here's the way you need to do it, they'll prepare a specification for that, Ed. And that's very important because that becomes the pedigree that shows a future buyer that this job was done right. It, once the job is completed in accordance with the engineer's specifications, you would also want the engineer to come back and certify that it's now complete and safe and done correctly. And this way, if anybody wants to buy your house in the future and they question the crack, you can say, hey, yeah, I had a concern about it too, so I hired a pro, they designed a repair, then I hired a contractor, they installed the, the repair, then I hired the pro to come back and certify that it was done correctly. Here's the paperwork. You know, no questions asked. That was the right way to do it. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Eddie. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Well, now you can call in your home improvement or your home repair question 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, even Christmas, which is not that far away. Just call 1-888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, your stove's vent hood is there for every cooking adventure, but it doesn't get much credit. We're going to teach you how to show some love to that vent hood by keeping it in tip-top shape. We'll show you the easy way next. The Money Pit has been brought to you by Roto-Rooter. For all your plumbing and drain cleaning needs, whether it's a small job or a big repair, request the experts from Roto-Rooter. Call Roto-Rooter, that's the name, and away go troubles down the drain. Call 1-800-GET-ROTO or visit roto-rooter.com. 888-MONEY-PIT Over the course of 50 years, you could have three children. You could buy nine cars. You could take 66 vacations. You could own seven pets. And you could need only one roof, provided you invest in a metal roof. Metal roofing is investment-grade roofing because it pays you back over time. It stands up to rain, hail, high winds, and wildfires, and is built to endure for decades. Plus, metal roofing is available in all kinds of beautiful colors and styles. To learn more about investment-grade roofing, visit MetalRoofing.com and see how, over time, a metal roof can save you enough money to pay for a lot of those vacations. In many parts of the country, a metal roof can help to reduce your home energy bills over the course of the year. It's one more reason to consider durable and beautiful investment-grade metal roofing. 
For details or to find a contractor in your area, log on to metalroofing.com. When we've got a problem, the last thing we need is another problem. So when we've got a drain problem, I call Roto-Rooter. First, the Roto-Rooter guy shows up on time. I like that. Next, he takes a look at the problem and tells me how much it's going to cost. No surprises. you got to like that. Finally, when he's done, it's gone. The problem is gone. Guaranteed. That's how I like it. I make a call, the problem goes away. Too bad Roto-Rooter doesn't fix cars. Call Roto-Rooter, that's the name, and away go trouble down the drain. Roto-Rooter. It doesn't match the new shower curtain is a perfectly good reason for replacing your old faucet. As is, I'd rather be looking at brushed nickel when I wash my hands. And that classic motivator of home improvement, companies coming. That's where I come in. I'm the Peerless Faucet Coach, and when you visit me at faucetcoach.com, I'll stick with you through every step of your faucet installation. All you need to get started is one good reason. If that reason is my old faucet keeps spraying me in the face, well, that'll work too. Table saw. 18 volt drill driver. 8 piece combo kit. You don't have to just wish you had the power tools you really want. With Ryobi, you can actually afford them. Ryobi Power Tools. Professional features, affordable prices. And they sound really good, too. Ryobi. Exclusively at the Home Depot. I want to keep my home for as long as I can because there are a lot of memories here. I read a little bit about making my house more comfortable and wanted to make my mom's house safer, too. AARP told me about making mom's bedroom door wider and taping down her floor rugs. And I added handrails to our staircases. It was all simple and inexpensive thanks to AARP's tips. Now our homes fit our lifestyles and are ready for years to come. To bring comfort, safety, and a future to any home, visit us online at aarp.org slash universal home. This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by Dense Armor Plus, the revolutionary paperless drywall from Georgia Pacific. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, making good homes better. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, to keep that kitchen exhaust fan in tip-top shape, here's what you need to do. The filter needs regular attention. You need to clean standard filters in a degreasing solution followed by warm, soapy water, and then simply put it on the top rack of your dishwasher. You can run it through, and in units that use activated charcoal filters, you want to replace those filters on a regular basis. It's as simple as that. If you clean it, it'll work much, much better, and it won't stink up the kitchen. All right, folks. Well, if seasons are changing where you live, you're about to head back indoors for the next four to six months. But who or what else is sneaking in the door behind you? You know, ever since the energy cost shocks of the 70s, we've been making our homes more and more energy efficient. And in the process of tightening up our homes, we've made it harder for the homes to breathe. And as a result, we've now welcomed lots of uninvited guests back into the house, like dust mites and molds and viruses and bacterias. Bottom line, we need to get those houses cleaned and cleaned quick, and we are going to help. Yeah, that's right. Well, what are we going to do? If you've got a forced air heating system, we can help. October is Indoor Air Quality Month, and the Money Pit has your chance to win an April Air Model 5000 electronic air cleaner. It's a $1,000 value, and it could be yours if you register at moneypit.com. 
That's right. Sign up for the April Air Clear the Air Sweepstakes right now. It's totally free, and it's at MoneyPit.com. You could win a Model 5000 electronic air cleaner, the air cleaner that was ranked number one by Consumer Reports for the last three years. We give away good stuff on this show, so log on right now. There's no purchase necessary. And remember, the deadline to enter is October 31st. That's Halloween. It would be scary if you didn't sign up because then you couldn't win. For complete contest rules on the entry, you can check them out on the entry page at moneypit.com. 888-666-3974. Leslie, who's next? John in Delaware, you're on the line. What can we do for you? All right. um, I am aluminum siding, and we put mulch around my house. And after about six months, we started seeing all these black little specks on the aluminum siding. And one of my neighbors had the same thing, and um, they actually had to replace their siding. I immediately pulled out all of my mulch, and it stopped. And I wanted to find out how we can get rid of that. Um, That's called artillery fungus, and it's a fungus that very frequently lives in mulch. But you're not going to see it in the mulch because it's so small. Right. And what happens is it gets up into the air, and as the, uh, as the fungi grow, they burst like little shots. And then that gets carried on the air, and it sticks to the siding, and it leaves the white dots. It's very, very, very difficult to get rid of. You did the right thing in getting rid of the mulch because that stops the source of it. Removing it from the siding, you have to physically scrape it off, which could be done in your case with some steel wool done very, very gently so you don't take the paint off. Or sometimes you can wash it off with a solution of Jomax, which is a household cleaner, uh, and a pressure washer done very gently so you don't, again, harm the siding. And you might just have to, you know, physically scrape at each spot, and especially on the aluminum siding, if you find that, because sometimes when you get the fungus spot off itself, you're going to find like a brown stain underneath. You might just need to go back in with an oil-based paint and just sort of touch up, you know, get something that really matches as close as you can to the siding color. And you need to be careful because it can actually, the artillery fungus can jump to cars. Oh, really? If you want to try a mulch that tends to be, um, tends to not contain artillery fungus, don't use shredded wood. Use whole chips of wood, whole chips of bark. That uh, tends to be much more successful than using the shredded mulches. Well, I appreciate that. I'll try that solution. You're welcome, John. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Chester in Arkansas listens to the Money Pit on KFPW, and you've got some sounds from the water pipes. Describe them. Well, it uh, sounds like a, I got a mention tugboat in my pipes or something. I heard the, the tugboat uh, in your pipes? <laughs> so it's it more of like, like a... Kind of a haunted sound, eh? Yes, sir. It's like I would hear something like my toilet would make a sound, like it was releasing water, and then all of a sudden I have a, I have make a, it makes a loud noise in my pipes. Now, does this happen, you know, just periodically, or does it always happen when you flush the toilet or when? No, it's just like it'd be, nobody could be in the bathroom. It, it just... Here's what's happening. First of all, there's two things going on here, Chester. First of all, you have a leaky flush valve. The valve, the flapper at the bottom of the toilet, is letting water out of the tank. Is that like a phantom flushing? Yeah, it's like ghost flushing. So what happens is, as the water leaks out of this flapper valve, the the float senses that it needs more water. So it's as as if you flush the toilet, the float comes up and tells the water valve to come on, and then it lets water in. That's the first thing that's happening. So you have to replace the flapper valve. It's like two or three bucks to do this. It's inexpensive. Uh, you can buy a new toilet uh, rebuild kit with a flush valve and a fill valve uh, at any home center. The second thing that you mentioned, the, uh, the banging of the pipes, 
That's called water hammer. And the reason that happens, and it would happen with any uh, fixture that you're running, it just so happens it's happening in this toilet. There may be a loose pipe in the wall. As water runs in through the pipes to get to the tank to fill it back up at the toilet, then all of a sudden the fill valve, having received enough water, shuts off instantly. The water has a certain level of centrifugal force, and it keeps going down the pipes, and it doesn't want to stop. So if the pipes are loose, it kind of bangs the pipes a little bit. So that's what's happening. It's not really a mystery. It's just a combination of those two things. And I think that if you replace the fill and the flush valve, that'll stop the one situation. The banging pipes, just something you have to get used to. Uh, it doesn't really cause any kind of, a, of, a, of damage or mechanical damage to the plumbing system. It's just more of an annoyance. If you can ever open the wall and expose the pipes, you can tighten them up by putting additional pipe clamps against the framing, but certainly not worth taking the walls down to do that. Jester, thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Michael listens on WWBA, and you're thinking about painting. What can we do for you? Hey, actually, I've got an old 1926 construction uh, built house. and cool. uh, I've got some. We're in the process of taking plaster out of the house right now because it's just kind of cracked beyond all repair. Do you guys have any tips for, um, I don't know, like keeping kind of the flavor of an old bungalow-style house? I know we're going to have to put sheetrock up. Or uh, do you guys recommend, you know, should we try plaster again? Or is modern-day plaster not quite as good as the old stuff was? Well, that's a good, that's a good question. Um, I think that you can maintain the look and the feel of an older house without doing plaster. It would be nice if you could. Um, you know, it's interesting the way the wall construction has changed over the years. Uh, in a house that was built at the turn of the century, you had uh, uh, balloon framing, and then you had wood lath, which is like wood sticks put up against the framing, and then wet plaster and multiple layers put on top of that. And then from, like, say, the, f the 30s, late 30s to, like, the mid-50s, you had plaster lath, which I think was, like, the best ever wall construction of all time, where you had what was kind of like drywall with a coat of plaster on top of that. And then, of course, you went to totally drywall. Now, I don't think that most people are going to be able to tell what kind of wall construction you have once you're in that house if it's you know finished properly. I think, Leslie, more of the details of an older house come from the trim and the style, mm -hmm. not so much the wall construction. I mean, I think, Michael, it's really important to do your research. Look into any historical books, magazines, anything that reference the time frame of construction of your home and the style, bungalow style. And then look into any sort of decorative features, like Tom said, trimming. Um, how the doors are made. Are there raised panels? Are there recessed panels? Is there bamboo detailing? Look into all of that and try to duplicate those things as best you can. You know, And you don't have to do it all at once. Those things can be done later on as you're doing the work on the house You know, and as you can afford them budgetarily. But you know, look into the details that make up the aesthetics of that time period and of that building style to really convey that period. Yeah, you're definitely going to have the best of, of both worlds, Michael. My house was built in 1886, and that's exactly what we did. We replaced all the plaster in this house, but we kept the trim or actually rebuilt the trim in the exact same style that it originally was. And you can have the best of both worlds. That is definitely the right way to handle it. 888 Money Pit. That's the number to call. Stay with us. You live in a money pit. This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by RYOBI, manufacturer of professional feature power tools and accessories with an affordable price for the do-it-yourselfer. 
Ryobi Power Tools. Pro features, affordable price. Available exclusively at The Home Depot. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Standing by for your calls at one eight 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 Money Pit. Twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. We are always open. Call us with your home improvement question, really anytime. Or you can email us by logging on to MoneyPit.com and clicking on Ask Tom and Leslie. Now let's get to the phones. Leslie, who's next? Gordon, you're up. What can we do for you? Yeah, uh, I recently uh, redid my kitchen and I updated my laundry room, and I'm having drainage problems. What kind of drainage problem are you having, Gordon? Uh, the ba- it's, it's backing up. All right, so so the sink drain is backing up? No, the sink's fine. It's uh, the dishwasher or the uh, new washing machine. Well, you probably have an obstruction in the uh, in the drain waste vent pipe that's going from the kitchen out. Have you had? Have you tried to uh, snake this pipe with a plumbing snake? Yes. And you've not you found nothing. Nah, not a thing. Explain the layout to me, Gordon. Where is the washing machine in relation to the dishwasher, and where is the water backing up? Okay, yeah, everything is backing up into the sink. And where's the washing machine? How close is that? Um, everything is within about four foot of each other. All right. Well, look at the drain that they replaced when they, when you replaced the kitchen. The drain pipes are all the same size. Yes. All right, there has to be an obstruction here. I, you just haven't found it yet. There's no, there's no mystery to this. You know, the water flows down the pipe and works its way to your sewer system or your septic system, and it's done. Now, if you snaked it and you haven't found an obstruction, you probably haven't gone far enough. I would do this. I would call Roto-Rooter, have those guys come out, and they can either snake it or they can run a drain camera down it and figure out where the obstruction is. It, it's, it's not a mystery. There's a reason that all these pipes are backing up when you run a lot of water, and there's probably a partial obstruction in that pipe or a partial collapse of the pipe somewhere. It can happen for all sorts of reasons. And when enough water gets in that pipe from all of the fixtures that you're running, it just backs up. It probably goes down after it sits for a while, but that's because it's not completely blocked. It's only partially blocked. The thing here, Gordon, is you just got to figure out where it is. And if you've tried all of the stuff locally, it's time to call the pros like a Roto-Rooter and have those guys come out and really figure out where this is. Gordon, thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Joyce in Montana listens on KMMS. What can we do for you? I am wondering whether it is up to code or proper to vent bathrooms into an eave. No, it's not. You (laughs) vent bathrooms and everything else to the outside. You don't vent them into attics. Is that what you're asking? Actually, it's, it's okay. I'm a real estate agent, a local realtor, and a home inspection was performed, and the home inspector found it to be not proper but the city in which the, the the permits were issued says it was. Venting to a soffit vent? Is it venting to a window? It's venting into the eaves. When you say venting into the eaves, do you mean into the attic? Into the soffit. Into the soffit? You have a bathroom venting into a soffit? Yes. No way. No way? No way. Okay, well then this home inspector was correct. I, yeah. I just happened to... The day after the inspection, when I got the report, I was listening to your show, and I thought, I'm going to find out whether this guy knows his stuff. Yeah, and, and by way of full disclosure, Joyce, I'll tell you, I spent 20 years as a home inspector, but I'm, oh, not, okay. taking, I'm not taking sides. The guy's absolutely correct. Well, why would the city then 
That's what's bizarre to me. Uh, because you know what? Well, the city yeah, but there's a always... city code even that says if there's a window in your bathroom, you don't need a vent. But if you're not venting the bathroom properly, you're just going to end up with excessive moisture in your attic, in the bathroom, in rooms near the bathroom. So it's so important to vent those outside. Well, I agree. I just, you know, based upon what the builders said that the, you know, the city said it was to code when they you know, granted them occupancy. Yeah, well, code, you know, code is, is another word for a, for a minimum passing grade. Oh, okay. I mean, what would happen if your kid came home and said, guess what, Mom, I got a D. Aren't you yeah, proud? I understand completely. All right, Joyce. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Pit. Well, this might shock you, but one out of every four homes needs an electrical upgrade. Find out if yours does next. AARP is proud to sponsor the Money Pit. Visit www.aarp.org slash universal home to learn more about making your home more functional and comfortable for years to come. Did you know that the air inside your home can be up to 100 times more polluted than the air outside? No matter how clean you keep your home, it's littered with harmful contaminants like viruses, bacteria, and mold, pet dander, dust, and pollen. Contaminants that cause illness and make allergies and asthma much more severe. Thankfully, there's a way to make your home healthy. The April Air Electronic Air Cleaner. Using the best air cleaning technology available, April Air is the only whole home air cleaner that effectively removes harmful contaminants, even viruses, from the air your family breathes. And that makes your whole home a comfortable, healthy place to be. Your family deserves the best, so why not give them the best? Make your whole home healthier with the April Air Electronic Air Cleaner. April Air. Fresh ideas for indoor air. Somewhere, a guy is tossing his golf clubs into the water. But you, you'd rather build, say, a burled maple coffee table. RYOBI Woodworking Tools let you do it. RYOBI gives you the power and precision you need to succeed at prices that help you get going. Of course, there's still some equipment involved, but it's power tools, and you don't have to wear those funny clothes to use them. RYOBI Power Tools. Professional features, affordable prices. RYOBI, exclusively at The Home Depot. That's just beautiful. The walls in your home hold memories, hopes, dreams, and quite possibly mold. You see, traditional drywall has paper on both sides, which combined with moisture can allow conditions that cause mold. That's why more people are insisting on a new paperless drywall called Dens Armor from Georgia Pacific. Unlike conventional paper face drywall, Dens Armor has glass mat facings on both sides. And no paper on the surface means one less place for mold to get started. It's that simple and that revolutionary. If you eliminate the paper, you reduce the chances for mold. If you're building or remodeling, stop feeding mold by using Dens Armor. To find out more, go to stopfeedingmold.com or ask about it at your local building supply retailer. So AARP has a series of tips for homeowners who want to improve their homes, make them safer and more comfortable. And I found these tips on their website, aarp.org universalhome. In the bathroom alone, I widened the door, installed brighter light bulbs, and put non-slip surfacing on the floor tiles. Instead of wishing my house had improvements, I'm making them. To bring comfort, safety, and a future to any home, visit us online at aarp.org universalhome.
If your house could talk, it would probably tell you to call Roto-Rooter to take care of your plumbing and drain problems. Your home's plumbing system is worth about 8% of your home's value, so address small problems before they become big ones. Call the pros at Roto-Rooter for jobs, big or small, day or night, planned or even those emergencies. You'll get quality, on-time service from friendly, caring people. For local service, call Roto-Rooter at 800-942-ROTO or schedule online at rotorooter.com. Not all services available at all offices. This portion of the Money Pit was brought to you by April Air, makers of professionally installed high-efficiency air cleaners. For more information, go to AprilAir.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. It's a great hour. It's a great idea. It's the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. The number is one eight 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 money pit We are like a pressure washer for your home improvement to-do list. So call us right now. Let's help knock some of those items off of that to-do list by helping you get the job done. Well, will your home improvement project add electrical wiring to your existing system? Is that part of the plan for the next project? Then stop right there. Do you know that one out of every four homes needs an electrical service upgrade before new or additional wiring is installed? In fact, modern family homes usually need at least 100 amp service, and many of them don't have that. So to assess your needs and do the work, you should always rely on the advice of a professional licensed electrician. Don't do it yourself when it comes to electrical wiring, folks, unless you are very, very experienced. It can be just too dangerous. Well, coming up in our next e-newsletter, electrical projects you can do yourself, like changing the atmosphere of a room with lighting or installing a programmable thermostat. If you're not a subscriber, why not? Sign up now at moneypit.com. Our newsletter is free. Give us a call right now, 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Let us help you solve your do-it-yourself dilemma. And you could just win a new faucet, some bling for your kitchen, because we're going to give away a brand-new single-handled lavatory faucet. Oh, no, sorry, it's for the bath. It's bling for the bath. And it comes in a brush nickel finish. It features classic styling. It's going to fit in any decor. You can win it by calling now at 888-MONEYPIT. You must come on the air and ask your home improvement question. Yeah, and the best part of this prize is that Peerless is going to walk you through the installation. If you visit faucetcoach.com, they're going to give you easy-to-understand advice and helpful tips. But heck, if you want to talk to me and Tom, you can always call us too. 888-MONEYPIT. Leslie, who's next? Barbara in Florida's got something going on with the water. It's smelly. What's happening? Tell us about it. Well, I have um, the water in my hot water uh, delivery system, anything that comes out of the hot water spigot, smells horrible. I have had um, plumbers come in. I've had um, a lot of things done to the hot water heater itself, and nothing seems to solve the problem. Since I've moved in, it has had a very strong odor like rotten eggs and i had a water softener system put in that didn't do it um then at that time they flushed out the pipes with bleach and they changed the anode rod they happened uh, cleared it up for about a month and then um i finally had a plumber come back and do the same thing flush the system change the anode rod and the water smelly water just comes right back and every person who has done the work and left just shrugs their shoulders and the last one said i suggest you replace all the pipes with copper pipes cost you about sixty five hundred dollars well he needed a copper pipe replacement job he was free that <laughs> 
Barbara, your problem is actually um, not that unusual, and there are a couple of things that could be causing it. Probably the safe bet is to replace the water heater, but when you replace it, you want to make sure you replace it not with a water heater that has a metal lining, but one that has a glass lining, because sometimes what happens is there are chemicals in the water that can react with the metal in the water heater and cause the sulfur odor to occur, and that probably is what's happening at your house. Now, another thing that you could do is you could give a call to the manufacturer of the water heater that you have right now and check with their tech support department because if this has happened somewhere else, and it probably has, they probably have the solution for it. It sounds like you're doing the right things, but in this case, I would not recommend replacing the plumbing. That's not something to do with it. I would, however, recommend replacing the water heater, but only using a glass-lined unit. Barbara, thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. You know, another option for her might be to install a tankless water heater just to give the water less amount of time from sitting in that water heater. You know, that's a very, very good point. And uh, because if the water's not sitting around, it really can't have any reaction. Yeah, it can't sit in there to get stinky and come out. So there's one more option, Barbara. Thanks again for calling us at 888 Pit. Gwen in California is up next, and she finds the Money Pit on KSRO. And you've got a painting question. How can we help? Hello. Yes, I bought a house, and it has a seafoam green ceramic tile around the fireplace, which just doesn't work for me. And I was wondering if ceramic tile can be painted, maybe black or white or some other more appropriate color. Have you had any experience with that? It's absolutely you can paint it. It's all a matter of making sure that you get proper adhesion. And the first thing you need to do is make sure that those tiles are all really, really clean. And around the fireplace, you're probably getting a buildup of smoke and it might just have some dirt and dust on it. So try to clean that really well. And a good way to clean is with water and ammonia, a mixture of the two. And that'll get rid of any sort of dirt that might be on there. And once that's on there, once everything's really clean, make sure you rinse it well with plain water and let it dry. And then you have to make sure you prime it with something that's really going to stick really well. And a Bullseye 123 primer from Zinzer, it's an oil-based primer. It's going to stick really well to the ceramic tile, which is important because you want to make sure that that other paint sticks to it. But it's important to remember that even though you're painting with something that's going to stick well, if you sort of rub on the tile abrasively, you might scratch it off anyway. So you have to be really cautious once it's painted that you treat it carefully. You know, don't scrub it, don't scratch at it because, you know, it, it could be prone to showing damage. And then once you put the primer on, make sure you use, I think, an oil-based paint would be good because it'll give you a nice sheen and it'll stick really well. And that should do the trick. Just any oil-based uh, or does it, is there a tile oil-based paint or just any oil-based ceramic I mean, um, whatever, high gloss would work. Oh, yeah. I think any sort of oil-based paint that you would find. Bear makes a fantastic paint that offers excellent coverage. And just make sure you get an oil base that will really stick well because it gives you good adhesion. It gives you nice sheen. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome, Gwen. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Rocky in Florida listens on WGUF. What can we do for you today? My sister just bought a mobile home. She's got a solid concrete slab uh, in her driveway. It's cracking. And it looks like the previous owner may have um, used uh, some sort of silicone or something. And she's got some major cracks in it. How do I fix it for her? Well, 
um, you know, a silicone caulk, a good quality silicone caulk is the right way to repair those cracks. The other option is something called flowable urethane, which is sort of a low viscosity urethane caulk that's used where you have wider gaps. The fact that the concrete is cracking is not unusual. It's going to crack mostly because those driveways are never put down with the proper reinforcement. So you kind of live with the cracks to the point where it displaces and becomes a tripping hazard. Otherwise, it's unsafe. Otherwise, you simply keep repairing the cracks. The goal here is to try to keep as much water out of it as possible, Rocky, because when water gets into the cracks, it weakens the soil underneath the, the, the slab, and that's what makes it move as you drive your car over it. It's under a carport. And there, the cracks are probably a good quarter inch. That's not too bad. You know, I know it sounds like a lot, but it's it's really not that unusual. I would continue to use silicone or a flowable urethane on that. You know, the only other option is to replace it. I just don't think it's worth it. Well, we often tell you that grading is the key to keeping your foundation and basement dry. But how exactly should you do that? We'll tell you next. You live in a money pit. portion of the Money Pit is being sponsored by Peerless. If you're putting in a new bathroom or kitchen faucet, Peerless can help you with every step, including the hardest one, getting that old faucet out. For a complete undo-it-yourself guide, visit the Peerless Faucet Coach at faucetcoach.com. Measure twice, cut once, and always keep a fire extinguisher handy. That's the kind of <laughs> advice you get on this program. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, where you can call us 24-7-365 at 1-888-MONEYPIT. That's 888-666-3974. Or simply log on to our website at moneypit.com, where you can sign up for the free Money Pit e-newsletter or ask us a question. That's right. And Janice from Aberdeen, Maryland did just that. She writes, should I add soil around my home to make it slope away from the wall? Sounds like a good idea. If yes, what kind of soil and how much? I read your June 10th, 2006 transcript concerning basement waterproofing. You said to be sure the soil slopes away from the wall. The soil around my house appears pretty much flat, not sloping either from or to the house wall. What do I do? And that's actually pretty common, Janice, because, you know, remember, as a home is built, all that soil around the foundation is excavated. And so you have to regrade it from time to time by adding additional soil. The most common mistake, though, is putting the wrong type of soil in. Most people put uh, topsoil around a house, and that's... Oh, which is so organic. Very organic, very mulchy, very rich, and it holds water against the house. When we're doing a grading improvement, we want to shed water against the house so we keep the foundation dry, we keep the crawl space dry, we keep the basement dry. So here's what you do. You add clean, fill dirt. You can order that from any landscape supplier. You add it to the foundation perimeter and you want to tamp it, pack it in very well so it's nice and solid. Now the pitch on this, very simple way to do that is to take a four foot level. You, and if you hold that horizontally on the, on, from the house going out, you want the soil to drop away six inches on four feet. That's going to be about a 10 degree or so pitch. And if you get that established with the clean fill dirt, you can put some mulch or some topsoil on top of the fill to kind of hold the grass or to grow grass or just to keep erosion down. But you don't want to build it up with the topsoil because that's the mistake, Leslie. You're absolutely right. It's just way too organic. Oh, and every time you talk about a basement repair or basement water, it's flashback. it's a flashback and it totally freaks me <laughs> out. It's every time you say you're like basement water. I'm like, no, 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 
water in the basement. You had a very bad experience with basement flooding. (laughs) I mean, it really is a nightmare. And you're so right. It takes such little things to keep that basement dry. We put up new gutters. We fixed our downspouts. We worked on the grading. We put all our downspouts away. And it turned out to really do the trick. So little things can make a big difference to keep that basement dry. Don't pull a Leslie Segretti and walk into two feet in the water in the basement. You'll be sad. Well, Leslie, in my house, with all the traffic my fridge gets, it often uh, does not smell, say, the way we'd like it to smell because sometimes things get left in there by the kids or spilled in there. And so what we need is a recipe for a fragrant fridge freshener. And I understand that you have the solution on today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Well, I have the same problem, minus the kids. I travel a lot and try to keep that fridge nice and clean and stocked up. But when I get back, sometimes that Chinese food is still there from two weeks ago. And my husband's like, it's still good. But the whole place reeks. But there's a cure for it. A little vanilla extract goes a long, long way towards removing musty, mildew smells, even food smells in your refrigerator. So for a fresh start, empty your refrigerator and clean all surfaces with a solution of water and baking soda. That baking soda is magic. It really does everything from harsh cleaning to soft cleaning, so use it. Then soak a paper towel with vanilla and leave it in your fridge overnight. Come morning time, you're going to be greeted with a fresh, delicious scent. And it's a good idea to do that frequently because if you let that stuff sit, it can sort of leak into the foam insulation in the refrigerator, and it's really, really hard to get it out when that happens. So clean it, freshen it up. Great solution, great recipe to do just that. Well, we are just about out of time on this hour of the program, but before we go, I want to let you know that next week, we're going to talk to you about how to prepare an important part of your house to withstand the winter, your wood deck. Do you have one? Are you building one now? Do you want to make sure it survives the winter season so it's there for the spring when you want to hop back out on that and enjoy some of that outdoor space? We're going to give you the the tricks, the techniques, the tips to make sure you get that deck in great shape so it'll stand through the winter and be there for the spring. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Lester Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone.